0: Hey friends, welcome to the Singing Moon Podcast. My name is Christine Singer Luna and I'm your hostess with the mostess. Join me on this journey as we explore life a little bit, mostly about topics that I enjoy and that I find you will also enjoy. And along the way, we're going to meet some pretty cool and influential people that I think you should also know about. Make sure to follow me on social media to follow all things of the podcast at the singing moon and if you have any other questions please email the singing moon podcast at gmail.com thank you again for tuning in super grateful for your support thank you for downloading subscribing and listening hope you enjoy the show talk soon friends Hey everyone, Christine Singer Luna here, your hostess with the most is here on the Singing Moon Podcast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. And I do want to apologize for kind of, you know, <laughs> shortchanging you guys last week. I was a little under the weather in case you didn't hear. Um, feeling much better this week, you know, just maybe... Um, Definitely not in a weird head fog anymore, which is really great, and, yeah, just taking it day by day. I had a really busy week of golf, so you know how that is. It's, like, my new lifestyle, basically. I'm golfing almost every single day. Today is a day off from golf, which is, like, crazy, because I just got a new, I just got some new clubs, got a new driver, which is super freaking pumped because um like the head is bigger the shaft is shorter it's lighter i can really hit it far so i'm really excited to try it out tomorrow's wednesday going to Brea creek so that should be a lot of fun and then um thursday i think i'm going to royal vista golf club which will be really fun friday over at Kanabe in norwalk and then sunday i'm working a tournament so that'll be great we came in Sec we tied in second place for the tournament. I think we were two strokes under. So really fun scramble, really talented people. Um, you know, some people were good on the birdies, on the drives, on the chip shots, and as a team, we were great. That being said, I'm a great cheerleader. <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah, so um this is all very interesting. I really love this experience and getting feedback from people on the podcast. It's really interesting. Just remember, you can send me an email at the singing moon podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to learn more about, you know, just like my life kind of what's going on more of the social side of the podcast, you can head over to Instagram at the singing moon. Yes, I'm a real person. So that's, you know, you can just check it out and see what what life is about over there. And one thing I really wanted to talk about today is leadership, right? Um <clears throat> for those I think I mentioned it before on the podcast. For those of you that don't know, I am a commissioner for the city of Whittier. Last night we had a commission meeting where I was um reappointed, re-elected by my peers to be chair of the commission, which is really exciting because it just means that, I don't know, people are into it, you know, people are into the leadership. And I think one thing that I do that's different than others is I come from an approach of servant leadership. That's kind of the background that I take. If you aren't familiar with servant leadership, it was coined by Robert K. Greenleaf in 1970. And here's a quote from his essay that he wrote that I want to read to you. The servant leader is servant first. It begins with a natural feeling that one wants to serve, to serve first. Then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. That person is sharply different from one who is leader first, perhaps because of the need to assuage an unusual power drive or to acquire material possessions. The leader first and the servant first are two extreme types. Between them are shavings and blends that are part of the infant variety of human nature. The difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and difficult to administer is, do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants. And what is the effect on the least privileged in society? Will they benefit or at least not be further deprived? So basically, a servant leader focuses primarily on the growth and the well-being of the people and the communities to which they belong. While traditional leadership generally involves the accumulation and the exercise of power by one at the top of the pyramid, servant leadership is different. The servant leader shares power, puts the needs of others first, and helps people develop and perform as highly as possible. So, right, that's exactly it. So that's my, I would say, um, you know, some of the main principles that I follow are that it's not about me, right? When I, in in every single leadership role I've ever had, it's never been about me being the leader. It's It's really been about... How can I support other people and empower other people? Because I know it starts from the top. It starts from the top down, right? If you have leaders that are incredibly selfish, that are very greedy, that really only care about themselves, and they just want to be in a position of leadership to boss people around, you know, that it's not very helpful for the entire organization. I've worked in different organizations and um, I can definitely tell you that the ones where I I would thrive the most as an employee are ones where the boss cares, right? Um, Because the leader is existing to serve the people as opposed to expecting the people to serve the leader. So, I don't know. I just, it's just something that always really stuck out to me and I've been a part of different leadership groups, and I find that the different groups that are actively helping people to become successful, that are teaching them how to be better leaders. So here are some characteristics of a servant leader, and this is taken from the Forbes article, Traditional Leadership Versus Servant Leadership. And I picked this article, which came out in March 11, 2020, hilarious, um, because I know that when I ran for office, which the election was March 4th, 2020, um, these were definitely some things that really applied to me and I do my best to take on these characteristics as a leader. I've read many leadership books. Um, and they talk about how a lot of the qualities of a dynamic leader tend to be feminine, which is actually interesting because we're going to go through this list and they are they're pretty spot on um and i'll kind of go down those lists for you so the you know top 10 ways to become a great servant leader one is being a good listener two is having empathy three is healing those around you four is being aware five being persuasive without being forceful 6 is conceptualizing and communicating a vision 7 is having channel is being able to channel foresight 8 is to practice stewardship 9 is commitment and 10 is building a community so let me break those down for you so being a good listener which is the first one Servant leaders are always, you know, are always there to listen to people and they want to know how others think and feel because at the end of the day, when a leader is making or, you know, is taking on certain positions, making certain decisions, for me at least, it's really important that when I'm talking to people, I'm understanding where they're coming from. So that's, the, that's really the first step and that'll dig into our next step, right? So just being a good listener, just to improve your listening skills. I know that, you know, in my earlier 20s, whenever I would listen to people, I would interject and say, yeah, I agree, or yes, at the end of the day, or at the end of the conversation, you know, you want someone to feel valued and you actually listen to them. So if anything, you know, take notes as opposed to interjecting and cutting them off, because not only are you derailing their train of thought, you're also taking over the conversation, which is kind of like, why am I talking to you? So it's important to give your undivided attention to people and, and also just notice their tone and body language when speaking. And that's also, um, you know, another topic we can cover in the future is like different styles of communication. Let me write that down. Boom, written. So the next thing would be having empathy. Servant leaders feel for their people and, you know, if someone's going through a problem or something, like I feel like a really great servant leader understands that, well, there are two sides of the coin, right? So one side of the coin is that, well, obviously it's your issue, it's your problem, it's an internal issue, I have nothing to do with it. However, at the same time, as a leader, if someone on my team is not functioning well. And if it's an issue that I can assist with, whether it's increasing compensation, whether it's giving them a few days off or anything like that from, you know, constantly overworking themselves, then really just helping others focus on their emotional healing can create a stronger team in itself. At the end of the day, you want team members that are competent, that are confident, and I feel like they can do their best. You know, why would you want someone to show up when they're feeling sick or, you know, they just don't want to be there, right? So I I have a lot of respect for leaders that can, that are very intuitive and that can kind of pick up on those slight things, which is really cool. So... You know, I think that having empathy for different groups of people is very important in leadership. So number three, healing those around you. So a servant leader is capable of healing people with a focus on their emotional health and a feeling of completeness. So that just means kind of like what I was saying earlier is having empathy for people and knowing that you can support them in a certain type of way, whether it's financially, emotionally, um, you know, physically even, just different, different, like, hey, let's go on a mental health walk or whatever it is. Just be having access to different resources and different knowledge to empower your team members um, is very positive. Just, it really, at the end of the day, creates a healthy and a peaceful working environment, um, you know, in my earlier 20s, I, okay, this is really funny. I saw this on, on a TikTok. Um, how many of you are watching the show, like, The Bear on Hulu? I guess it's about, I really saw, like, half of the first episode, and it was just, it was too much for me, and I'll tell you why. It's too much for me because I have dated line cooks. Um, all my early 20s, like, my boyfriends were line cooks, like, literally, like, three of them specifically and like one right after the other. And it's just so funny how in that um I saw this TikTok that's like they're they're not I mean, hey, I have so much respect for line cooks and all that stuff. Um at the end of the day it's like I don't know, there's some there's something around there, but it's it's a very chaotic and it's an extreme environment. So I you know, that kind of work environment can bleed over into your personal life and I feel like at that time I was super codependent on these people and obviously we were just I was in very codependent relationships in my early 20s and that spilled over into my work right because I would be like texting my boyfriends like all day which is so annoying like I don't do that anymore because it's just like what's the point but Um, it was just like constantly texting them. And then one day, like I broke up with a boyfriend and I would be crying at work. Like, who does that? Like, at the same time, you know, the best way to, like, that is not the best way to have created a healthy and peaceful working environment. I know that now it's a lot different. Um, I know now, like I can control my nervous system and things like that, but I also would not be having access to my phone all the time like to and talking to my boyfriend that being said i'm dealing with emotionally mature people these days so it's a little bit different it's a little bit different um and a great leader and is, just i'm really just having a flashback to like when i was like 23 24 i was dating this guy who worked at this restaurant in santa monica and um you know he has a lot of issues and, um, I mean, they all have issues, but he had a lot of issues in that he was severely codependent, and he came from an abusive childhood home, so I obviously was, like, a very caring, extra empathetic person for him, and there was just one day where I was, like, it's too much on me, it is too much, like, I can't be your girlfriend, I can't be your mom, I can't be all of these different Things that you need me to be because I'm losing myself in the relationship. So I remember I broke up with him over text and he was just like constantly texting me all day and I'm sitting at my desk and I just feel so bad that I broke up with him and I started crying and my boss, Nadine Weiss, shout out to Nadine, God bless her. She's like, is everything okay, Christine? And then she took me out to get tacos because it was Taco Tuesday. We talked about it. And, um, you know, she shared, like, some of her relationship experiences with me, which she really didn't have to do any of that. But she, you know, kind of just said, like, it's 1130, let's go eat some food, let's go take a break, and, you know, come back to the office, recharge, ready to work. And I'm really grateful that that happened. Um, like, she's a really great example of a wonderful businesswoman. And that was a really great... Example of having empathy and being a servant leader, honestly, my bosses, the Weisses, all of them, like shout out to David, Myra, and their daughter Nadine. They are really great leaders and they're true pillars of the community, which we will talk about. So being aware obviously is total having total awareness of yourself as a person and the people around you. So even just taking that small action of, hey, let's Take an hour to get lunch and have a refresh is a really great awareness of how to take care of your people. So, next step is persuade without being forceful, right? So, a good leader is capable of convincing people in many different ways, I would say. Um, A leader never makes use of their authority to make people do something. However, I would say that the best way of doing that is motivating and encouraging people to take the to do things the way that you would like them to do or to take the desired course of action. So that being said, like my best experiences dealing with bosses and being boss is encouraging, hey, you know, um, yeah. Okay, here's an example. Like how often did you like, maybe this will apply to school and stuff, but did you ever get like a pizza party? or an ice cream party, or whatever, after you did all your timetables, like, in elementary school, you know, you learned your one times one is one, or one times two is two, whatever it is, um, you know, the different timetables, or different accolades that you would receive, like, there's some sort of motivation to achieving those types of, you know, those, those goals that you have, right, so it's not being persuasive, and not being forceful, um, And a leader is not forceful or bossy, in my opinion. A person that is very bossy, like that micromanages you, excuse me, that micromanages you can cause anxiety in my experience, right? I've had bosses that are like, hey, this is the due date for this. This is the due date for this. This is the due date for that. Okay, get it done. Versus I've had bosses that are like, what's the progress on this? How far are you? Can I see what you have so far? It's like it's like so anxiety riddled like I hardly get things done that way. people are people work very differently. This is just the way that I perceive leadership and I enjoy things to be done. So next is conceptualize and communicate a vision. so um as a leader, obviously you have vision, right so I think part of being able to create that vision for people is to create direction and building a concept that people want to follow. So certain, thing, um, certain aspects of creating this vision that can be helpful for building on for people is to have like a mission statement and it provides a general sense of direction for the entire team. Next would be to channel foresight. So in addition to having uh, the vision of how you wish things to be the outcome, a good leader can also anticipate future events and how they will impact everyone. Oh, this is funny. I'm going to read this um, quote from the article. The ability to foresee is not a God-gifted talent, but rather a skill that is acquired through experience, learning, and analysis of past trends. Such a, well, I don't know. I mean, you can predict the future and probably make educated guesses based on experiences that you as a leader have had in the past. So say you're mentoring somebody or teaching them about something you're going to want to say like, hey, you don't want to do this because it will lead to X. Or you don't want to do X because it will lead to Z. What you want to do is Y because you will get the result of Z and A or whatever it is. I don't know. You know, that's just how what I mean when I say force. I just... Just being able to kind of see everything that could go wrong and how you want it to be done better. So next is practice stewardship. And stewardship refers to accountability. And I, I have talked about accountability in the past, and it's the ability to take responsibility for yourself, right? Or or your team, like the actions, the behaviors, and performances of your team. So those are all three really great aspects of building team morale. And you like, think about it, like if you're a steward on a ship, you know, you really wanna make sure that everything is in order, people are doing what they gotta do. And that's how you can have smooth sailing moving forward with your team. Next is commit. Good servant leaders are those whose main focus is the people, And this makes the leader fully committed to their growth and development. You know, one example that I want to share is like, when you're building your team, so say, you know, you're starting your business, a very small business, and it's really only you, right? You're the only employee at the time, and you want to grow bigger. You want to get better. And the best way to do that is for you to commit yourself as, you know, Yeah, just you want to commit yourself to the task at hand, to the business. And when you're able to grow and develop yourself, then you can apply those similar tactics to other people that you want to grow and develop in your business, if that makes sense. And to develop people, it's important to analyze their needs and really cater to them accordingly. And lastly, is to build a community. The leader should be able to walk with and among the people so that the leader can help them by serving and building a community. You know, that's another thing is, that's why I totally give credit to the Weisses because um, we all shared an office together and it really wasn't an envi- like a bad environment. It was a great environment where we were able to collaborate and I was not. I was also like twenty-two at the time, twenty-three when I just started to manage the entire office, and it was a really great experience because I was able to ask them questions. You know, um, I like to say I went to the Weiss. I got my MBA from the Weiss School of Business because they really taught me everything from the top down on how to manage things. That being said, did I know? every aspect of what makes a business successful I would say no because I was only in that industry for two years and I hadn't had the foresight this business had been going on since 2007 and I joined the business five years after and it was really a moment to learn about how you know how to read a contract how to submit payroll how to balance a budget how to balance a checkbook all of these different aspects of managing a business was so collaborative because they gave me a lot of responsibility as a younger person and you know with that i learned so much about running a business and owning a business and I mean, I still to this day meet so many wonderful business owners that constantly enrich themselves by watching documentaries, watching Shark Tank, um, you know, reading different business books. And it's really incredible the different lessons you learn along the way. And I've shared, you know, certain aspects of um, entrepreneurship and um, leadership throughout the podcast in past episodes. So I really think that a great leader builds that type of community and camaraderie among their community, um, among their employees, and things like that. So at the end of the day, why serve serve in leadership as opposed to the traditional style of leadership, which is do this, do that, I'm going to micromanage you, blah, blah, blah. I think that as a servant leader, you... Can empower you have the ability to empower people and bring them up with you. It's less about, you know, there's an image that comes to mind, and I'll try my best to describe it to you because this is a podcast. It's less about um, the king on his chariot having people pulling, right? It's more like the person at the front of the chariot that's also pulling with everyone else. Does that make sense? I hope so, I hope so. Um, yeah, that's just like the traditional style of leadership is having somebody say, let's go forward, you're pulling me, right? You're doing all the heavy lifting while I get to sit back and tell you what to do versus you know, someone that is in the trenches with you, working hard you're all achieving the same goals and you're all doing the same type of work obviously delegating delegating your tasks is another important level of leadership and that's just that's less being a servant leader and that's more of your own personal styles of leadership how you want to delegate so that being said in the this image i'm talking about um servant leadership is truly someone there in the trenches with you pulling pulling the chariot with you you know um and yeah that's what I believe I really believe that you need to get your hands dirty in order to get stuff done so that being said um like you know I've met really great leaders and um, I've met some really great people and I think that those are the people I want to surround myself with. Um, I made this comment the other day where I'm actively doing my best to surround myself with people that I admire for one reason or another. And, you know, I do have empathy for those that, like, I have made relationships with people. However, I recognize certain aspects of their personality that Maybe I don't like you know um if someone like i'm all i've I've talked about drinking on this podcast many, many times, and I have come to this conclusion that like I'm not a phobic alcoholic where I can only ever black out when I'm drinking. You know, I'm more of a social drinker, just like I'm, I like going to the gym and being social. I just, I'm just a social person. So I really love to engage in social activities, which is why I like golf, right? Because it's a very fun social activity. That's why I like being part of a commission because it's fun and social. That's why I, I appreciate community events because it gives me the opportunity to go out and communicate with others and things like that. So I like this podcast because. The feedback I received from it is absolutely incredible and i'm and I'm very grateful for for you to be listening to the show today and um you know just I think that um I want to surround myself with people that enjoy themselves, not drink themselves into a stupor where they feel like that's all that they' want to do or they feel like if they're only having one or two drinks they're behaving when it's like, no, it shouldn't be about behaving. It should just be about you got the desired effect of what you wanted from the Bev from, you know, if you want to smoke a joint, you got the desired uh, effect from what you wanted. You know, um, you shouldn't have to go all the way. And that's something I'm learning. Um. And that being said, I'm not perfect. That happens to me. I call it all gas, no breaks. You know, when I just, uh, just how it sounds, you know, it's all gas, no breaks. I just want to party, party, party. Um, However, I know that waking up the next day, I may be foggy in the mornings or, you know, may have a headache or I just won't be feeling my best. So it's, life is so funny because it's such a balance of all of these habits that you picked up on growing up and that's why I really appreciate this show like because you know initially when I came up with the the nerdy 30s it was like life starts at 30 you know and I'm tired of the trope that your life is over at thirty when the reality is is your life is really just starting because you've learned so much in your twenties and through your adolescence that should ideally shape who you are today and that's part of the growth and development of yourself as a person and as a servant leader, I really look towards. Not only being aware of my personal growth and development, but also looking to others and supporting them in their growth and development. That being said, you know, you could still be growing and developing at like 60 years old, you know what I mean? Um, which is super cool. I'm really happy for my 60-year-old listeners that share their experience with me because uh, everybody's life experience is so different. However, there are so many similarities that we, and similar themes that we can experience in our lives. You know, one thing also is like, once you kind of attune your mind to certain aspects of what you want to achieve or what you're looking for or whatever, the universe will bring those out to you. Um... I'm just super grateful for the for the people I really met in this last year i'm always I'm just such a social person I'm always meeting new people and um i I used to feel bad about people that didn't want me in their lives anymore. however, I just know that that's well one rejection is god's protection, and two it's Opening up space for people that want to enrich others' lives. For far too long, I let myself get used by people and abused by people and all of these things simply because I was looking for a connection, because I was looking for friendship. And the reality is that when I choose to stand up for myself and I choose to empower myself, those users and abusers take a step back. So that's incredible and that's a gift because what that says to me is that there are people that are just like me out there that want to be friends and that don't just want to use and abuse you. They want to see you grow and develop and I want to see people grow and develop and those are the types of people I want in my life. And I'm incredibly grateful for all of these wonderful individuals and groups of people that I've met that truly, that truly strive for growth and development and they're kind and they're full of love and they have empathy and they're great listeners and they all serve. They're all servants of the world um, instead of takers of the world, if that makes sense. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for listening to the podcast. I hope that this episode was not shortchanged for you. Shout out to Dale, who said he got ripped off, which is so awesome. Um, yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this episode on servant leadership and why it's the best way to be a leader. And yeah, if you have any questions, please send them over to the Singing Moon Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to learn a little bit more about, you know the personal side of my life. Hit me up on um, on Instagram at the Singing Moon. I'm also on TikTok. I mostly just do the filters when I'm at home and bored. Um, it's at the t h e e Singing Moon. And thank you again so much for downloading, listening, and subscribing. And yeah, stay subscribed because we have some really great interviews that are coming up. Already got some on the way and. Um, I'm excited to launch the program in August. Love you so much. See you next time, friends. Do you know any self-proclaimed nerds or someone that is so passionate about their craft and are so devoted that you would consider them a nerd? Well, why not submit them for our Nerdy 30 for 30 interview series? Your host, Christine Sierra Luna, aka The Singing Moon, is interviewing 30 individuals that have truly made an impact on not only the world around them, but the community at large. If you have anybody that really just came to your mind when I said any of that, please, please, please send them my way, or just give me their contact info and I'll be happy to reach out. You can send some information to the singing moon podcast at gmail.com or send me a direct message on instagram at thesingingmoon i truly believe that people deserve their roses and they deserve to have their work recognized so why not submit them and let's hear their story thanks everyone looking forward to meeting all of these great influential people in our lives